Daphal we're starting right from the top of the Ahmed, just to recap what we did yesterday. So the mission discussed the case where Ruven said, Aharini Nazar, Amin Nazar, and then other people uh, who overheard him are quickly inserting the word Va'ani and I. So the Mishnah said that they also become Nazir. They're linking themselves to the Nazirus uh, that was made, and therefore they become Nazirim as well. However, the Gemara clarifies that this only works if they do it very quickly. They do it Shalom. Uh, the amount of time that it takes a teacher, uh, it takes a, a, a student to greet his teacher, to say, Shalom Alecha Rebbe, that's where these other people are inserting their, um, their statement of Va'ani. So we had a machalik, Rishlakish, and according to Rishlakish, all of them have to finish Betoch Ledibur. So meaning you can only have another three words, Va'ani, 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 but anything after that wouldn't work. Rishlakish held that even a fourth person could work because let's say I would imagine Imagine it would be a scenario where it's actually a student who wanted to say Vani, but then his Revi came right then and he had to say Shalom Malach Revi. So then it would be too late. So it must be that saying it immediately after the Tokhle Dibor uh, time frame would also be sufficient. So they're arguing about whether or not the fourth person is able to link uh, himself to the statement of Harini Nazir. So they're marking some proof now to Rish Shalakish that only three people can now four times. And we also Shalom Harini Nazir. Someone said Harini Nazir. Shalom Chavir is friend of Rish Dibor. If you waited the amount of time that it takes to say Shalom and then he said, Ani, who asked? The first person, obviously, is in Azir. But the other person is not in Azir. How long is this? The amount of time that it takes a student to greet his teacher. So we see from the bright side, like Reish Lakish, that if it's not within the Tokhle Dibur, then it's Azir. Saying it immediately after the Tokhle Dibur is not sufficient, like Rabbi Nusia said. Rather, it's got to work that it was within the time frame of Tokhle Dibur. Says the Gemara, let me say, let's bring a, a support to Rish Lakish here. It says from the Mishnah, Misham Harini Nazir. Someone said, I'm a Nazir. Misham Chaver Vavani. Another person heard and he said, and I, Vani. And now a third person is hearing and he also says, Vani. So the Mishnah mentions that one person said, Harini Nazir, person one. And the Mishnah, then the Mishnah mentions person two and three who both say, Vani. But too low, the Mishnah didn't uh, say any more, meaning the Mishnah only spoke about two people saying, Vani. Like Revit the Nusia, the Mishnah should have gone all the way to a, to a fourth person saying, Vani. In order to bring out the novelty that uh, it could take place, it must be that the mission didn't it holds that that's not true. That a fourth person saying "vani" wouldn't work, and that's why the mission only said spoke about two people as opposed to four. Now the obvious question is, why don't we speak about three? Right? In other words, everybody agrees that there could be three vanis. Right? The time to say "shalom alecha rabbi," so we can get "ani ani ani." So what's the Gemara's proof that four is no good? But for the fact that it said two, but why didn't it say three? So it could be what's going on is that the Gemara, the, the, the Gemara holds that, that like the opinion of Rish Lakish, it's very good because there's no more Chiddush in three versus two. Once I know two, I know three, as long as you can get it in Betoch Dibur. But if it's true that even a fourth person saying Va'ani, even a fourth Va'ani would, would, would become a Nazir, that the Mishnah should have pointed out. So if the Mishnah did not, if the Mishnah only spoke about two more people saying Va'ani, it didn't go on to four more people saying Va'ani, you see that the halacha is that it wouldn't take effect. So the Gemara says that's not approved. Tanaki Rochel should the Tana should the Tana say all the cases like a peddler, like a peddler who's you know trying to market his stuff. He tries to get everybody to come by. So he goes and says, you know, I have apples, I have pears, I have this and that. So he says every single last thing that he says. The Tana doesn't do that. The Tana doesn't list anything more than is necessary. So in other words, the Tana didn't consider it vital. Um, they didn't consider it vital to get all the way to the fourth Vani, but in a Hanami, the Allah would be four people saying Vani, that all four of them would become Nazirim as well. Says Mara, if that's true, that the Tana is not like a peddler, then listening to Hanami, then it only should have spoke about one person responding and saying Vani. So the fact that it did have a second person, and yet it stopped after a second person saying Vani, and it, it didn't go to four, that's a proof that a fourth person wouldn't take effect. The Mara rejects that. Really, we could have only mentioned one. The truth is, you're right. 
However, the end of the Sefer wanted to discuss what happens, they, if, let's say, these people link themselves to the, to, to the first person's Naziris of saying, Arini Nazir, what happens if he gets his Naziris annulled? So Allah is all the other people become released because they link themselves to the original Kabbalah's Naziris. If he becomes Mutter, then they're, they're Mutter. But in the other way, Hotar Achron, if the last one became Mutter, and only the last one is free from Naziris, all the rest of them are still a Nazir. So from the fact that we speak about a first and a last, the implication is that there's a middle one. From the language um, that we speak about first, last, all, there's clearly three people. Therefore, the first part of the mission I spoke about two more people saying Vani, so that we'll have somebody, um, somebody in the middle as well. So once the Seifa, which wants to talk about the scenario of what happens in the domino effect, uh, where I have three people in Makabu Naziris, first one said Armini Nazir, and then two more people are saying Vani. Then Afkimina is the first guy, becomes Mutter, all of them are Mutter. The last one becomes Mutter, the previous two are Asr. So therefore, we wanted to speak about a case with the three people for the end of the Mishnah. So now, in the beginning of the Mishnah, we, 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 we mentioned already Vani, Vani, but that's the only reason we did that. But there's no reason, really, there could be four people saying Vani, it will all be There's just, there's no reason for the Tana to get and peddle all his stuff and continue to talk. So the Gemara doesn't. Uh, necessarily end up with a proof like Rish Lakish. All right, now we get to a very fundamental question. When everyone keeps on saying Vani, 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 are they linking themselves to the previous person who said Vani, or are they all linking themselves to the first person who made the original Naziris? So it seems, and it's interesting, obviously, it overlaps with what, we, with what we were just talking about. There's no question. But now this question is coming, the inquiry is coming to the Gemara from an independent angle. Do I say that, you know, one person is Arini Nazar and the second person said Va'ani. Now, when the third person here is saying Va'ani, is he linking himself to the second person's Naziris that came about through Va'ani? Or is he also linking himself to the first person's Naziris of Harini Nazar? Who cares? The nafkimina is how long we're able to continue linking to one another. If each one is referring to the one who came right before him, we can go forever and ever. In other words, you only have a three-word limit between in the time frame, a three-word time frame, in order to get your your statement in avani. But that doesn't necessarily have to be within the first one statement of Armenian Nazir. If each one is only linking themselves to the previous person's Va'ani, uh, and that's what's going on, so then it could all be within that time frame of the one who came before. However, if you say that they're all linking themselves to the first one who made the original Naziras, it's not going to work to do more. This whole time frame it will expire after Shalom Alecha Rebbe, and it's not going to help that, let's say, you know... Uh, each one of them said it immediately after the other, but after a few people say, then it's going to be too late. So my, what's the halacha? It's a pretty fundamental question. And everyone linking themselves to the first one, so it's got to all be the betokel de'dibor of the first one, or is each one linking themselves to the one who came before, and it's good enough, it's sufficient that they're betokel de'dibor to the one before. Tashmah, we have a proof of the Mishnah. Reini Nazar, someone said, I'm an Azur Shemachavir another person heard, and he said, an I. Va'ani. And then we have a third person saying an I as well. But Tulamidi, the Mishnah didn't say anymore. In other words, the Mishnah only have two people saying Vani. What's the Pshat? with mitzvahs. Clearly, we see from here that the side is that they're linking themselves to the original Kabbalah. If it's true that each one is just referring to the person who came immediately before him, then we could have had many people responding Vani. The Mishnah should have emphasized that that could work and have, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever it is, however many people saying Vani and it working. LMI, it cannot work. Everyone has to be betoch dibor of the original statement. Says the Gemara, and obviously this is related to the Gemara earlier in the Machlokas that we had. The Gemara says, Why would you think that the Tana should do that? What, he has to peddle his goods? So meaning to say, maybe it's really true that each one is, being, is, is connecting to the one who immediately preceded him, but the Tana doesn't have to tell us all of them.
Says the Gemara, if that's what's going on in the style of the Tana of Lisnechad, there only should have been one Vani Glashmin Kulin, and we'll know all of them. Why would the Mishnah say two? So again, if the Mishnah has two people saying Vani and then it stops, must be that they're all just linking themselves to the first one. Says the Gemara, no, that's not a proof. I did Tony since in the end of the Mishnah says, Hotar Kulin and Shukulan. If the first one was Matar Zendo, everyone else becomes Motor, Hotar Achon Achon, Motor Kulan Asurim. But if the last one is Matar, then only the last one becomes free, but everyone else remains also. So we're speaking about first, last. Clearly, Mekladik, I'm sorry, clearly there's a middle one. Therefore, the Mishnah speaks about the statements of Va'ani, Va'ani, um, to, to set up the end of the Mishnah. So after all is said and done, we do not come out with a proof there from the Mishnah whether or not everyone is linking themselves to the original Naziris or linking themselves to the Naziris which immediately preceded them. Again, the Naftimina is if it has to all be Betokhle Dibor of the original Naziris or it could be Betokhle Dibor of the, of the Naziris which preceded them. Tashma, we have a proof from the Mishnah, Hutter, Arishon, Hutter, Kulan. We said that if the first person was Matar, everyone else becomes Mutter. So, Rishon, Hutter, the Mishnah implies that the only way someone else becomes Mutter is when the first person is Matar, then everyone else becomes Mutter. I'm sorry, low. Let's say the middle guy is Matar, his Nether. It doesn't sound like it affects anybody else. So, again, you have a Reuven, you have a Shimon, and a Levi, right? Reuven said already Nazar, Shimon said Vani, Levi said Vani. Mishnah said that if Reuven is Matir, then Shimon and Levi becomes Matir. What if Shimon is Matir? It's Mashma, nothing happens to Levi. Why not? If Levi linked himself to Shimon and Shimon becomes Matir, then Levi should be Matir. It must be Levi was linking himself not to Shimon. Levi was linking himself to Reuven. That's why, even if Shimon will be Matir, his nether, it's not going to affect Levi. Says Umar, that's not a proof. It could be that each one is referring to the one who immediately preceded him. And really... If I had that scenario where Shimon was Matar, then Levi would be Matar. But the reason why the Mishnah only spoke about Reuven being Matar was Adi by the Mishnah Hutcher Kulan. It wanted to make the point that everyone becomes Matar. The Tanah Emtsayif had only discussed the case where Shimon was Matar. Ikarishin Lomstari, certainly Reuven would not become Matar. It's only Levi, Mishmach, and Rishim. Therefore, that's why the Mishnah only spoke about the case where Reuven was Matar, because then it was simpler. It was absolute. Everyone who follows uh, would become Matar. But in Akhanami, it could be that Shimon. Um, if Shimon would be Matar, Levi would come Matar as well. So now we're, it's interesting, we've, we've, we've realized that there's another Nafkimina in our fundamental question of whether or not each person is linking themselves to the original Naziris or the Naziris which preceded them. The Nafkimina would be if the middle guy is Matar, his Nadir, does it impact the last guy? So one Nafkimina that we had is that they all have to link themselves with Tokhle over the first one. And second of all, if the middle one is Matar himself, how does it affect the person who came after him? Tashma. The Mishra continued and said, Hutter Akron, if the last one is Matar himself, Akron, Matar Kulun, Asur, and the last one becomes Matar. Everyone else who came before remains bound. So it's Mashma that that's only because it was the last one. There's no one, there's no one else after him to become released. It's Mashma that the middle guy, um, if he would be Matar himself, there, where there is someone after him, mystery, the last one would be Matar. It's only if the last guy is Matar, if Levi's Matar himself, no one before Shimon Reuben is affected. The implication is that if Shimon would be matir, then Levi would be affected. We see from here that each person is linking themselves to the person who was right before them. And that's why the mashmal says that if Shimon would be matir, then Levi, Levi would become matir as well. It says, Really, it could be everybody's linking themselves to the first person. What does it mean when we say the last one? And so we could say that the achron doesn't literally mean person number three. It could actually mean the middle one. And it's saying that if the middle one was Matar, nobody else becomes Matar. And why would the Mishnah call him the middle one? The middle one, the last one. Since we called first, we called last. Um, but in a Hanami, it's just, you know, symmetry there, first and last. But the reality is it means the middle one. So the Gemara is saying a pretty forced thing, that it could be that the line in the Mishnah, that the middle one is Matar himself. Yeah, if the, uh, the last one is Matar himself, the other people remain also. It means talking the middle one. And even in that case, Levi remains also because Levi did not link himself to Shimon. Levi linked himself to Ruvain.
So again, no proof. Finally, we decide. It says in a price really explicitly. If Reuven, who said I was a Nazar, is Matar himself, Shimon and Levi become Matar. Hotar Achron, if Levi was Matar, is Nether Achron, Matar, and Levi is Matar, but not, still Shimon and Reuven are forbidden. Hotar Emtsoi, if Shimon, the middle one, is Matar himself, and Menul Matar, anyone who said I after him is Matar, Levi becomes Matar. Menul Mala, Asr, Reuven, who said, before is also we clearly see each one is linking themselves to the one who came before them they are not linking themselves to the original one and that is absolutely conclusive evidence so bottom line is we come out that each person saying that is linking himself to the person who came right before him and again the two big nafkaminas is that it only has to be the toch de dibor of the one who came before it doesn't have to be toch de dibor of the first one and second of all the proof um, another nafkamina is that if the middle one is matter, then anyone who comes afterwards is mutter as well. The next part of the Mishnah said, how many knows one person said, how many knows Another person overheard him, he said, my mouth is like his mouth. Sorry, sorry, my hair is like his hair. So that makes him a nazir. Is that true? Just because he said, my mouth is like his mouth, or my, or my hair is like his hair. How many knows He becomes a nazir. Top of the base. Is that true? Look at the bright. So it says, someone said, my hand is a nazir. My leg is a nazir. In other words, he's specifying a specific body part to become a nazir. Lo amar kulam. That doesn't don't do anything whatsoever. But if he says, Roshi nazira nazira. Let's say he says, my head is a nazir, my liver is a nazir. In other words, he speaks about a body part which cannot be, you know, um, cut off the person. If it would be amputated, he can't live. I raise a nazir, he becomes a nazir. If you mention a limb which your life depends on, you become a nazir. So basically the idea is our Mishnah seemed to imply that if I said my hair is a nazir, that's good enough to be Makabun Naziras. But the bride says, Mashmah, if you're only talking about one body part, so then you only become a Nazir if that body part was something you can't live without. So which one is it? So the Gemara answers, Amar Vyuta, Amar Hachi. Our Mishnah is talking about someone who, who said something pretty explicit. He said, Yasapi Kipimian. My mouth should be like his mouth in regard to abstaining from wine. So therefore, that is basically like he's saying that Naziris, which Osman from drinking wine, should apply to me as well. That's very different than when someone's saying one body part should be. Uh, should be a nazir. Or, sa'ari kisaru milagos, my hair should be like his hair regarding the isra of cutting the hair of a nazir. So that's where the mission was saying specifically that that's a way of being makabal in his ears. Her what was the next case? I mean, in his ear, the woman said, I'm in his ear. The husband heard and he said, and I as well, and Yochalafer, he can't revoke the vow. Why? Because once he links himself to her in his ears, so if he's going to try to be matter his her in his ears, he's trying to be matter himself as well because he's the, he's the derivation of her of, of, of her Naziris, and a person can't be matter their own Nadar. Says the Gemara, and this is really a question which in a certain sense regard, uh, belongs in Mesechus Nadar. We've referenced actually this Gemara when we're learning Nadar a couple times. We know there's a little introduction. When somebody goes to a basin to be matter Nadar, that they are matter the Nadar retroactively. They find some sort of mistake, a Pesach, a Harata, and they are matter it retroactively. But what about the power of a husband revoking his wife's Nadar? Bao Mekar is that also uprooting, retroactively removing? You know, remember, a husband, it's his right to be matter his wife's Nadar, even without finding a cause of mistake necessarily. But is it still an uprooting, abolishing retroactively? Look, don't make this, guys. Maybe you're just cutting it from that point and on. So the mind of Camino, what's the difference? The, que- the question that we're dealing with is, is it going away in retroactive time or only for the future? Now, Camino is, Lisha Shinobin Nazir, a woman makes herself a Nazir, 
Somebody else linked herself, linked themselves to the wife's nazir. Now the husband of the first woman hears, and he's mater the nether, he revokes it. So the question is, obviously his wife's nether is going away, but what about the second person? If you approve it completely, the second woman is also released. But if it only cut it off from that point on, and even though the first woman is released, but the other woman remains bound. In other words, if in the moment she really was a Nazira, and it's just for the future that the husband is revoking it, then that wouldn't impact the status of the person who linked themselves to the wife's Naziras. But if you say retroactively, you're uprooting the Naziras from the first wife, then that will indeed impact the status of anyone who tried to link themselves. So in our Mishnah, we were talking about someone's Matir, again, they went to the basin. So that's why it had such an impact on anyone who linked themselves to, 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 to the Kabbalah, because retroactively, it wasn't a Kabbalah's Naziras. But over here, we're wondering specifically when it's a wife who's macabre, someone links themselves to that Naziris, and then the husband is, matzah, is, is revoking the nether. So there specifically, we want to know, uh, we're curious to know that maybe it's only severing it from, from, from here and on. And since it's only cutting it away from here and on, so maybe anyone who linked themselves to the wife's Naziris still is in effect. So the Mar says, Tashma, let's see from the Mishnah. Mishnah said, I'm a Nazir. Woman said, I'm a Nazir. Her husband heard, and he said, and I as well, in Yachalafer. He cannot revoke the vow. Why? What's the Yisoyed? L'chavah the Yisoyed is because he connected himself to his wife. So if he's Matar's wife, then he should, he, his, his Naziris would have to become Matar as well, and he can't be Matar his own. But he's like, guys, if all he's doing is cutting it off from that point and on, so why would it be Matar himself? Lay for Laish, he should just revoke the vow regarding his wife. Who lets her? He'll remain also. Must be, a lot from an Abalmekar, must be that the husband is uprooting it completely when he revokes his wife's Nadarm. And that's why if he's taking it away, from his wife, he's really taking it away from himself as well because he linked himself to the wife. Says the Gemara, "Lo, it's not necessarily true that that it's that it's retroactive. Lo, and make his guys really might be cutting it from that point on. But then do the lay for law. Really, it should be possible for him to revoke um, the vow because he's not." He's not, he's not cutting away his own. The only reason he can't is because once he said, and I, it's not just the fact that he's connecting to it. He's really, because that really, it's not going to go away for himself. It's only for the future. But the point is something else. It's as if he confirmed the vow. Remember, after you make a comma, after a husband confirms the vow of his wife, he cannot go now and remove it. So the idea that we're saying is that when you link yourself to your wife's Nadarim, Actually, what you're doing implicitly is confirming them and affirming them and saying that they're good. So, but in a if you would if you would be matter the nether of confirmation, remember we learned that in the dark that if a husband is making a nether, he could go to basin, get it annulled. He could get a hakama annulled and then make a hafara. And then if he would do that in a charami, he would be able to remove his wife's nazirus. If not, he cannot revoke it. So we're saying you misunderstood the reason for the Mishnah. The reason for the Mishnah is not that once the husband linked himself, so now his status depends on his wife's status. That's not true because since the husband only, re- only revokes for the future, so his status is not dependent on hers. The reason he cannot do it is rather for a different reason because he's already confirmed her zeros by virtue of the fact that he linked himself to it. Says the Gemara, Tashma, I have a proof in the Mishnah. A woman made herself Nazir, she did it, and she's already consecrated her Karbanos Nazir. Remember, Nazir brings Karbanos Chathis. They bring the Chathis Ola Shlamim. And she was Mafra Shabbat. But then what happened was the husband revoked the Nadir. So what do we do with the Karbanos, right? They're not necessary because the, the, the Naziris is gone. So Im if the animal was his. So then it goes and reverts to a non sacred status, and it can go out and graze with the rest of the flock, meaning it loses everything. The idea is. 
that it was the animal the, 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 the animal belonged to the husband. So if a wife has to bring a carbon, then the husband is required to supply her with the animal. But 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 here we say that it really turned out it was unnecessary for there to be a carbon. And therefore, the husband's property is really his. It doesn't, the, what, the property didn't belong to her as well, at all. So if the, basically we're saying it's like a Chosha Mishpat law, that the animal belonged to the, to, the, to, to the husband and has no business being used by the wife. So therefore, once she's not an usher anymore, it's simply the husband's animal, and she has no right to consecrate it um, to be a carbon. So therefore, in that case, the Kedusha will just go away. However, if the animal was hers, a woman could have status, you know, she inherited something, where, whatever it is, where the animal belongs to her, then is tamas. So then the halacha is that the carbon chatas has to be left to die. The halacha is a kachim halacha. Whenever I have a chatas, which was become kadosh, and now I, it's not necessary to be used, well, the maizah's kedusha is there. The halacha is it's left to die. Very unique halacha by chatas. Other carbonas, we maybe wait for it to get a mum, Raise it gets a mum and then maybe it could be redeemed in another carbon, but not by a chatas. By a chatas, a chatas not being used is left to die. So now, in this scenario, we're saying the chatas cannot be used for anything, therefore it's left to die. If it's true that the husband retroactively is uprooting the wife, the, vows, the, the wife's vows completely, then the chatas as well should go to chulin. Why? Because basically, retroactively, she was never another. Imagine someone was mafish carbonus for another and then they got it annulled by a chacham. So the halacha is, the whole designation is considered to be a mistake, and therefore it, the animals go back to not being kadosh. So if it's true that the husband is revoking the vows in a retroactive way, then we should say that uh, the animal's kedusha was never there. So the animal's, um, the, 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 the animal's kedusha should be gone, and retroactively shouldn't be there. So it must be that the husband is only uh, uh, is only cutting it away for the future, and that's why we're stuck with the kedusha the chatas. It's still interesting that even though that's true, if it was his animal, it loses its kedusha. It must be like some sort of qualification or of sorts that the kedusha can only be there because it was needed for the carbon. But 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 since the animal fundamentally belongs to him, if it's not necessary for the carbon, then it goes and grazes. But Akhopadim, the gemara is bringing a proof from the case where it was her animal, where we says that it remains a chatas as well to die. Frag the gemara why if he's uprooting it retroactively, then the kedusha should go away. So the Gemara answers, really it could be that the husband does approve it retroactively. Behind the time, the reason the chata is left to die, since the wife doesn't need the atonement, it's no different than a chata's offering where the owner died. Thomas, the din is, we have a tradition, it's Allah Chata's offering, when the owner dies, then the chata's is left to die as well. So what's the point of the Gemara? It's not so easy uh, to understand what the Gemara is, is, is answering at all. We're making a point that if, a, uh, that if it's revoked retroactively, so then she wasn't in Azira. If she wasn't in Azira, if she wasn't in Azira, so then, then, then retroactively the, the hectish was never chal. So what's the Gemara answering? It's the chadash and It's not so clear. So it must be the Gemara is trying to say on some level that even though we're saying Mecca goes away, Lamaisa, there was no mistake. There was no mistake. We have to remember that. There's no mistake. There's no tallest in the nether. It's not like a chacham was mater. So even if it goes away retroactively, we still see that the hectish, the hectish was a hectish. And let's say I have a chatas where the, where the owner dies and there's no need. It's Thomas or so too here. Even if retroactively she wasn't in his ears, we're still going to say the hectish is a hectish. It's a very tough angle on what the Gemara is saying. At the end of the day, 
retroactively she wasn't in Azira, so why is the Hektish Chal? But it sounds like the Gemara is saying that even if it goes away now retroactively, in the moment it was still, it was still a good Hektish. It's like one of those complexity between saying, you know, in the moment it was a Hektish, but now in retrospect it wasn't. So you're like caught with the fact that in the moment the Hektish really was good. It wasn't that we saw anything faulty or mistaken in the moment now in a retroactive saying, which is saying that from now on, on retroactively she was not a Nazar. But Lamaisa in the moment where she was a Nazar, so the Hektish should be good. So therefore, after all is said and done, the point that Kamar is making is the Khatas is a Khatas. So to come out in a scenario where somebody was in, made themselves a Nazar and they were Makdush Kabbalah, and then they went to a Chacham and the Chacham found the mistake in the Hektish. So there we're going to say that retroactively wasn't a Nazar, there's no Nazir at all. And the, the hectic just on the animals will come off. But in a scenario where it's a wife who did it, and then the husband is removing it, so we're going to say, even though it goes away retroactively, but it's, since there's no mistakes, the hectic is still there, and therefore the animal has to be left to die. It's a chata shemesu bala. So the Gemara tries another proof here. Tashima, Aisha should not have a woman who made herself in his ear. She was intentionally drinking wine or touching the dead bodies, violating her in his ear. She gets. She gets 40 lashes. So what's the case? If we're talking about a case, the husband didn't revoke anything. It just was going and she was in his era and she, and she, uh, she then violated Shikhla Is there any novelty here in the Mishnah to say that she gets punished? Obviously, that's true. She did the for Labala. Has to be the case is the husband did revoke her vow of Nazir's. And the Chiddush is that she, that she still gets Malkos for what she did. If you think that the case is Baal Mekar Akar, that the case is where the husband uprooted it. Why should she get the lashes? Once retroactive, once the husband does it, so retroactively in that in that in that in that moment she wasn't a she wasn't in Azira. So she wasn't in Azira, so we should say that she shouldn't get punished. In other words, the point the Gemara is saying is if it's true that the husband uproots the the, 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 the Naziris retroactively, then even in the moment she did it was before the Naziris was there. It, it was she still wasn't a Zira, a Nazir, but once the husband retroactively removes it, then there shouldn't be any punishment. So the Gemara says a lot from Baumega's guys and must be that the husband only cuts it away from that point and on, and that's how it all makes sense because in the moment she wasn't a zero, and therefore the Afara doesn't take away her punishment. So the Gemara answers, Lo, Lo, Makha, he does take it away retroactively. And the case is that the husband has to be, he did not revoke the vow. I, it's obvious. The answer is, we showed Dennis Safer since the end of the mission says, if the husband revoked the vow, but she didn't know about it. She was drinking the wine or touching the body. She doesn't get lashes. So there in the Safer, the case is, she didn't know about it. She wasn't aware. But the case is the husband already already had annulled the vow. She she didn't she wasn't uh, aware of that. There we say she doesn't get the malchus. So therefore, Tanamaresha is sofegas. So therefore, the ratio says sofegas. But in a chanami, rarely in the ratio we're talking about that he had not annulled it. If he would annul the vow, if he would revoke it, then the law would be that even if in the moment when she did it, it was before the hafar, it wouldn't matter. Once the husband does the hafar, would take it away. It would be mega's guys. Just to emphasize this, we're coming out with a second nafkamina whether the husband is cutting it away retroactively only for the future. One nafkamina we said before is whether somebody else linked themselves to the wife's Naziris, if it would go away as well once the husband was made for. The second Afkamina we're saying is that if she would violate her Naziris and then the husband would be made for, how would that impact whether or not she gets a punishment? If it's retroactive, then she does not get punished. Whereas if it's only for here and the future, then she would get a punishment.